Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Todd Toback with the Get It Done House Buyers, and he drove in from San Diego to share the mindset necessary to get to a thousand plus wholesales and sometimes even a 200K assignment fee, which is astronomical. I haven't broke six figures yet. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, I am Steve Trang, broker and owner of Stunning Homes Realty, founder of the Offer Fast Homes app, the only uh, MLS for off-market properties. And I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. So if that's something you want to do, please let's connect on Instagram. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up. And as a friendly reminder, I do not charge a dime for this show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask. This is what it costs for you to listen to the show. If you get value today, please tell a friend. You can share this episode right now, tag a friend below, or tell me your best takeaway from the show later on. That way we can all grow together. And don't forget this is a live show. So please post your questions for Todd to answer. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. So first question, softball, what got you into real estate? So back, we talked a little bit about this before uh, we went live, but back in 2003, I believe I was working for a corporate job mm -hmm. and a really, really, really good job. I was 23. Uh, I was making about 100K a year, company car and uh, all the benefits. And what happened was I actually got one of my friends hired from a competing pharmaceutical company. Mm -hmm. And so they came in and by the way, I was, I was kicking butt and doing really, really well. And so they came in and they brought him in at a, like a 10 or $15,000 higher salary than I was already at. <laughs> and again, like I was really thankful for the job, by the way, I had a All great right. mentor and, and, and really, really thankful. So I went and I was living in Santa Barbara at the time, by mm -hmm. the way, and the prices over there were astronomical killer place to live. But I'm like, hey, you know, that, that made me reanalyze everything and recalibrate where I was. Right. And I'm like, to be able to, to afford any kind of real estate here, I'm going to have to be having to make like a buck 50 or $200,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And so I went to my boss and I'm like, hey, you know, like the, I have to make more money. You know, I want to raise. And, mm -hmm. he, and, and he's like, well, you know, you're doing a great job, but, you know, this is the way the corporate world works. I can ask for a raise, but the max that you're going to get is like maybe two or three thousand mm dollars. And so he kind of put his arm around me and want to protect me from like looking bad and getting too aggressive. So he's like, I'm not going to submit the request that you asked for. Right. Because I'm just trying to protect you. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is like, you know, Papa Bear with his arm around his shoulder, right? And, and well-meaning. And so I got my car and I was like really humbled, you know? And uh, I was depressed and I'm driving on the 101 freeway and I'm like, I don't wanna do this. Like I've gotta find a way out. And so right. something, something inside me said, hey, pull over. And I looked to the right and there's a Barnes and Noble bookstore uh, to the right, right hand side, it's in Oxnard, California. And I pulled over three lanes of traffic and literally, I remember there was a guy behind me who gave me the finger, like <laughs> as I pulled over. And I, I, no joke, I crossed three lanes of traffic into the parking lot, uh, into the bookstore, and right in front of me was the real estate section. Mm -hmm. And it was a book by Robert Allen, silver cover, blue and green writing. It says multiple streams of income. Great book. Great book, right? Yeah. So. Um, I, I buy the book, I read it cover to cover in 48 hours, and it says, of course, you gotta find motivated sellers. And mm -hmm. what a way, one of the ways to do that is to uh, look, people who look for people who live out of state and send them letters. And so me being totally naive and hungry and scrappy, um, I go down to the county recorders and literally there's, you know, there's no list source, no online accounts. You can't buy names. I'm calling title companies like you can't get it. Yeah. And so I bring some donuts and some uh, bagels down to the lady who works there. And she literally hands me a book of the people who live in my condo mm -hmm. complex that I'm living. Great location right across from the beach. 
Um, and you know, it's funny because I have like, I'm not jaded at all, no misconceptions. I'm like, I believe I can do anything. Right. So I write down manually, I think, uh, you know, it was between like 30 and 45 names of people who lived out of state, everyone who lived in my condo complex. Hand wrote the letters, um, just, well, I wrote one and then photocopied the rest. I remember, uh, I'm dating myself here, but I literally had this fax machine. I put it in and I hit the, the, the copy thing uh -huh. <laughs> and it slowly spit out 40 copies <laughs> of my letter. I hand wrote 40 letters and it was actually like too small of an envelope. Mm -hmm. So I, maybe this probably helped me, right? And yeah. I folded them all and I stuffed them in there and they were all lumpy and I hand stamped them. And I, I put them out there and I prayed over the letters before I sent them out. And I got, you know, two phone calls and one was like, screw you. And the other one was like, yes, we're interested. We want to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, like, how do you know we were thinking about selling? <laughs> and it was an elderly couple. They lived in Bakersfield and that's about like, I don't know, three and a half hours away in the desert. And like, we're going to be down next weekend. Why don't we meet with you? So I met with them at the condo and it was literally like right across. I was living in this condo complex mm -hmm. as a, and I was renting a room. Uh, from my roommate who owned the place. And I, and I rented the other room as an office. So I rented two out of the three bedrooms, but this condo was literally our garages touched. Mm -hmm. So I walked over there and we agreed to, they were gonna sell me the condo for 285. And so I, you know, I didn't know the value, didn't have a contract. I basically wrote it up on a napkin, send it over to the title company, didn't know how I was gonna pay for it. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think- Didn't I, know how you were gonna pay I for it. Didn't know I was gonna pay for it. <laughs> And I call like three title companies and I'm like, hey, you know, Robert Allen says this thing about a double close. Like ever read multiple streams of income? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, no. So I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna have to come up with the money. Maybe this mm -hmm. guy is full of it. So I started asking around, it's in escrow. And I asked my dad uh, to lend me the money. He says, ah, I don't know, the real estate market's about to crash. By the mm -hmm. way, this is 2002. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, start calling my brothers. They all say no, friends uh, Friends say no. And then I call my brother-in-law, by the way. Thank you, John, mm -hmm. I love you. <laughs> um, and he says, looked at, he looks at uh, looks online and he says, oh my gosh, I'm all over this. So he put the 20% down. We got a loan from Washington Mutual, mm -hmm. uh, which is now Chase. Yeah, before they got bought. Before they got bought. And so uh, we bought the we, we bought it and then uh, we just stuck it on the market two days later, got multiple bids sold for like 386, I think. Oh, wow. Um, That's a great first deal. It was a great first deal. And so after closing costs and the loan, I think, you know, I cleared like $38,000 and John cleared $38,000. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this it's real. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what got me started. You know, I, I got a, I got a taste of it and I said, Hey, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm glad you brought up multiple streams of income because that's one of the first books I read, I completely forgot about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I've read Rich Dad Poor Dad, all these other ones, but multiple streams of income was actually given to me by a mentor. Mm -hmm. Completely forgot about that book. So that's a great book for a lot of people that are getting into it, just a different mindset. Yeah. Uh, Cause so that was your first wholesale deal. After that deal, I mean, that was really easy, like for all intents and purposes for a first deal. Yeah, it How really, it really, really came easy. After yes. that. Well, it's really funny. So I mentioned like hungry and scrappy, mm -hmm. right? At first, and I was like, I was really jaded because of my boss and like that got me, you know, like going, right? So through one circumstances or another, Pfizer was going through some changes and I actually got a job in device sales, making more money, right? And so I was making like a buck 70, buck 80. So you got the raise you wanted eventually. I got the raise that I wanted, right? And so actually that made me a little complacent and a little soft. Mm -hmm. So for the next couple of years, you know, I was just getting traditional loans to buy some rentals out of state. P.S. They don't make any money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was uh, learning about lease options and starting doing some like lease options on the side. 
right? And so, you know, why did I change from what I'm doing from that first deal? I have no idea, you know, but sometimes we do that when we're newbies, right? Right. So, you know, I, I go in education mode and uh, I'm working my job at the same time and I'm doing all these, you know, creative deals and generating money. Mm -hmm. And so at, at some point, right around 2000, uh, mid 2005, I decide I'm gonna quit my job and go into real estate full time. Making 170. Making 170, yeah. That's a tough jump. It was a tough jump, but like I was feeling stuck. Yeah. Right. I was feeling stuck. I was feeling complacent. And I've gone through these periods in my life, right? Where, and, and if, if, if anyone's listening to this, whenever I've uh, had like a dip in performance, it was always when I was getting complacent and I was mm -hmm. losing my, my flavor for the job. There's also some things going on, like all the products we were selling were, were going on back order. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of saw the writing on the wall. And this is like the second time in my career when I'm like, I, even though if I'm doing really well, I can't control the outcome 100%. Yeah. And so that was the jump. Yeah. You know, my wife was uh, ready to have our second or third kid and she was like, do it. So I just made the jump. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, so, I mean, you've got some astronomical numbers. You've been, you're very seasoned, right? Um, I, I would say even, you know, well-known in the industry. So how is your operation today different than a lot of the other people that are wholesaling today? Sure, well, I think the, one of the things that I think I can bring to the show is mm. that I've done it all. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've been the one man operator keeping all the profit and hey, sometimes that's fun. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I've, I've had the, the boiler room and I filled that place up with salespeople in way too small of a space. <laughs> um, and, I, and, I, and I've made that profitable. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've had to get actually lean because the, the market's changed. So right now we've got a couple acquisition specialists uh, and we have a, a marketing director who handles some of our dispositions um, also with our title company and then a VA. So right now that's all we're running right now in San Diego. So let's talk about that. So how many acquisition people? Two acquisition people. Two acquisition people. One marketing person? One marketing person. Who also does disposition. Well, so I'll, we'll talk a little bit about how we do dispositions. And okay. It's really, really changed the game for us. And anyone mm -hmm. who's listening, by the way, um, I think a lot of times we get caught on what's going on in Facebook. So someone says, hey, this is the way mm -hmm. it's done, right? And shiny so, object syndrome. Shiny object syndrome. And so I wanna share one tip with everybody here, something yeah. that I've learned that will save you a couple hundred grand a year um, in, if you do it the right way. And a lot of aggravation, a lot of complexity uh, in your business. So we'll get to that in a little bit. So um, we have our title company handle most of our disposition. So, so we'll get into that. And then we've wow. got a really, really, really strong VA mm -hmm. um, who works for us. And again, we don't treat them. I, I even hate the term VA, mm -hmm. right? A really, really strong executive assistant who's overseas. Yeah. Uh, we do have a third acquisition specialist now who's who just started, who's working exclusively mobile home parks uh, for right. us. But in our wholesaling business, two acquisition people, no, um, no lead manager. Um, in front of the acquisition specialist. I know people are really, really big on that. Yeah. Um, but uh, we've always operated direct to acquisition specialists and it's worked really, really, really well for us. Uh, so are the direct acquisition specialists cold calling? Uh, no, they're not. So okay. what we do is we do direct mail mm -hmm. um, and then it goes directly to a 24 hour recorded message. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's one of the ways, cause in San Diego, the market's crazy. You know, direct mail, I, uh, it's funny, Sean Terry, I think you're gonna have on the show here. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, I remember he was like the first person, okay, to start any real estate podcast. Um, he was also the first person to like mail on any kind of scale. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we were we were friends at the time, and I remember him doing a podcast about sending out thirty thousand pieces, 
well, like I'm a super competitive guy. So I was like, well, I'm going to send out a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I started like mailing more and more and more and more. Ma- direct mail was my thing. I just right. loved it. Uh, at one point, we sent out 200,000 pieces in LA as like our first drop. And that was, I don't, I do, <laughs> I do not recommend doing that. It's amazed that we made our money back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think we, we, we broke even. If we did that today, it probably wouldn't have. Um, when this is back in 2012 or 13. Yeah, you didn't test the market. You just went all out. We just went all out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, direct mail has always been my, um, d- direct mail has always been my favorite. Okay. Um, and so as the market's changed, uh, we've we've did, done different tactics, you know, fine-tuned our postcard, um, mm-hmm. although it is, it is getting more challenging, but it still works. Yeah. Uh, and then we do some text message marketing. We do also uh, work with realtors. Uh, texting to realtors. That's a, re- uh, a really, really strong channel of ours. Hmm. Uh, so you mentioned a moment ago, there, there's one tip that you want to, that will save people out of aggravation. Sure. So back in, oh, 2014 or 15, you know, uh, we, from 2011 to 2015, I used to have my assistant just run disposition. We used to email it out. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we hired a sales manager and he knew nothing about the industry. And sometimes this is really, really healthy. Yeah. Um, and so he looked at us and he was actually uh, uh, working with Tony Robbins at the time as his sales manager. So he was kind of doing some consulting mm-hmm. with us also. Uh, and so he looked at this and he goes, well, what is this disposition position like? You know, he's like, this looks mostly administrative. Yeah. He's like, well, you're just like sending out an email and you're, 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 you're getting everyone at the property at the same time. And, and we had a bidding system. And he was like, this looks like, you know, like, why are you calling this sales? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, like this is like how everybody does it. Yeah. Right. And and so we're looking at this and he's like, why don't you just, you know, like, 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 why do we need one person to handle this? This is the process. You know, you send out an email. They're, they're fully trained. Offers come in. Like, what's like, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I was looking at our disposition manager and she was constantly like running around like a chicken with her head cut off. Right. I mean, she's talking to the buyers beforehand and all the buyers are calling her like, where do I need to be? Where do I need to be? Mm-hmm. You know, and it was like title. Uh, there was a title issue. She was like all over that title issue. And she was calling the seller and saying, hey, you got to get this piece of paper in. Mm-hmm. And he was like, why doesn't the title company do this? Like, why don't you set the expectation that your title company needs to ha- handle everything mm-hmm. from getting the contract to get in the close. Any contact with the seller needs to happen. If the deal's falling apart, they need to happen. They need to verify the EMD is in from your seller. They need to hold that together. If the EMD is not in, they send out the cancellation without you having to know about it. Like, why don't you set that expectation? I'm that's like, brilliant. Oh. You know, I'm like, that's a lot of work. He's mm-hmm. like, well, what are you paying them for? And I'm like, well, we only pay them like, you know, like six, 650 on our trans on our side. And he's like, well, what does the other side pay? And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, they pay like, 850 aside, so it's 1600. He's like, so they're making like 2400 bucks, mm-hmm. and you're saying they're not going to do this work, yeah. right? Totally opened my eyes, right? <laughs> By the way, thank you, Rich, for that recommendation. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, so we sat down and we wrote down standard operating procedure for uh, our title company and yeah. our exact expectation, just like they were an internal employee. Mm-hmm. And we brought this document to them and, and we're like, hey, are you willing to do this? They're like, sure. Um, the game totally changed, completely yeah. changed. Our disposition manager, we kept her on for a while. She eventually um, she eventually left, so we never rehired that position. Once we got rid of that position, mm-hmm. closings never fell out of escrow. Sellers never got cold feet. Deals were easier. The communication, the lines of communication was actually reduced. So that makes sense on the seller side. 
mm-hmm. but the people that you're selling it to. Mm-hmm. So the, purpose, the person you're buying from, right? The title is communicating with them directly. Correct. The person you're selling it to, mm-hmm. is title also dealing with them? So what we do is we send out an email. Mm-hmm. And so we indoctrinate our buyers from day one. We're okay. like, this is the way that we do this, mm-hmm. right? In addition, we also list our properties on the MLS. So we've got an agent who works for us. So we work both sides, right? Offers come in. Uh, we do highest and best. So like I said, we have our marketing person who has, who understands that, right? And so mm-hmm. basically the realtor calls and says, hey, this is my highest and best net with us. This is the highest and best from our cash offer. Doesn't come to me, right? He, the document goes out, escrow just sends an email and says, here's the contract, make sure it gets signed in the EMD. So it's just an email, yeah, right? And so there's no need to have an additional position for that and create that additional complexity. Hmm. Uh, I think some, before we used to complicate this process. And yeah. a lot of times when we had this disposition position, the buyers used to call our disposition person and try to like find out where they needed to be. Yeah, a lot of a lot of negotiation, a lot of haggling. Right. And so the, the plain favorites, plain favorites. Right. And so what they would do is we found out that they would work our salespeople. Mm-hmm. Right. They would take them out to lunch or, you know, give them things and then they would call and they'd give them like the inside scoop, right? Sounds Again, like pharmaceutical sales. It, so, it sounds like pharmaceutical <laughs> sales, yes. <laughs> um, a lot like that, ironically. And yeah. so, um, you know, we saw a lot of conflict of interest. So long story short, we found out the more separation, the better. Yeah. Uh, ironically, our buyers started coming in higher. We said, hey, this is it, one shot, no haggling. Mm-hmm. And everyone came in the, our uh, you know, highest and best first time around. So, wow, that's a huge nugget. Yeah. Um, Okay, and then you mentioned that there's been a, a little bit of a shift for you very recently where you're trying to start building a portfolio for mobile home parks, and mm-hmm. you did one thing that made a big change for you. Mm-hmm. Can we elaborate on that? Well, uh, so one of my coaches, Dan Sullivan, mm-hmm. I'm a strategic coach, um, mm-hmm. their 10X program. Oh, you're in the 10X program. Yes. I was in the... Uh, Signature? I don't know what the first one was, but it's yeah, a signature. Was a signature. There, yeah. yeah, I was a signature. A lot of the same things, but they talk about the who, not how. You right. know, and he says like, whenever you're procrastinating something, you know, there's a good indication that you probably just shouldn't be doing it at all. Like it needs to be done, mm-hmm. right? But you shouldn't be doing. You're not it, the guy, right? And yeah. so, you know, for right now, uh, I, I've got a 1031 exchange. And I'm like, hey, we got to start buying some parks. You know, like obviously this one 1031 exchange, I've, I've got a deadline on, and so it just wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? Like, why don't I transfer this immediately? It's outside of my comfort zone. I'm not ready to do it. I'm not fully trained, but you know what? Like, I need to make this higher. Right. And so uh, we just hired someone just to focus solely on mobile home parks. And of course you turn on that switch. Uh, we, and just, we, we spoke about this before, but um, we're really, really, really close on a couple. Mm-hmm. You know, the purchase contracts are out, we're haggling over 10, $20,000 yeah. um, on it. We're really, really close. And so, you know, I, I wanna really encourage everyone for me, the biggest game changer was a lot of times I thought I could do stuff better, mm-hmm. right? Than people on my team. Well, actually, I wasn't getting anything done, <laughs> yeah. right? And so a, a job, a job done by somebody else is a hundred percent better than the job that you will never do because you're spread too thin. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's, it's it's critical, right? You got the the what component, like what needs to be done, mm-hmm. right? And you can maybe explain to someone, and you can explain how it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. But really, you find the who, and let them figure out the how. You give them the what, right? You give the what to the who, and it's up to them to figure out how, right? And your life just changes. It just changes. It just changes. And ironically, this person that I found knows like four or five times more, yeah, than I do, right? About this topic, you know. And it was funny. Like I'm like, how did I find this person? I'm so lucky. Well, you know, I think once you open up your mind and you're saying you make that commitment, that person will appear. Yeah. 
Um, so the other thing we were talking about earlier is the mindset, right? Because mm-hmm. you know you're saying that we have too much BS between the ears. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? Well, what uh, what specifically? So in terms of BS, like are we talking about hiring, or are we talking about deal size, or all of it? Uh, we're talking about um, hiring someone before you even feel okay. like you're ready. So it's funny. So. Um, I have a coaching program called the Next Level Wholesaling Coaching Program. Mm-hmm. And so when we said, okay, we had everyone go through all our financials and quiz themselves. We got this assessment that everybody takes. And so we're like, okay, when you've got 50K in the bank, right? And you know, your, your, your cash flow is, is steady. That's when you start hiring the acquisition specialist. That's when everyone wants to hire. Right, that's when everyone's hiring. And so we were going, and so we have like a lot of people like, okay, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying, this was like the first three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. Of, of the program. And, you know, a lot of times, like we know things, but we don't realize we know them. And I'm being cautious with everybody in the program, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of like treating one of the kids' gloves. Well, long story short, I remember this, um, you know, I've wholesaled uh, a little over a thousand deals. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, I had never purely, purely wholesaled a deal before I actually made my first acquisition specialist hire. And I forgot about that, mm-hmm. like mid, mid our coaching program. Right, and so do you mind if I tell a story here? Yeah, please. Time. please. So, so this was back I, when I was doing everything myself, I quit my job and I was making it, but I, I looked over at my wife, I was in bed, and I remember like sleeping late. And I looked over at her and I was like, I don't wanna go to work today, right? But I was working for myself, I'd already quit my job, right? Mm-hmm. And she, I remember we had got an argument last night and she was like, your mind is elsewhere, you're working too much. You know, like our marriage was like, you know, we were just arguing in short with each other, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's when I hired this consultant, knew nothing about real estate. And he's like, you should just do the one thing that you can make easily repeatable. So he's like, get rid of this, stop doing lease options. You know, these owner carry deals, um, I probably should have done more of those, but mm-hmm. he's like, you know, get rid of that. Don't, don't, don't do that. He's like, just focus on this. And this is how you get a repeatable business like flipping pancakes. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. He goes, so go out and hire somebody. And this was before anyone was hiring that the word acquisition manager was even cool. Um, I hired some, I started looking uh, around and spreading the word and I got a referral from my really, really good friend, uh, Evan. Mm-hmm. And Evan says, hey, I got my friend. He wants to get involved in real estate. Um, why doesn't he come like learn from you? Yeah. And so again, I had never done a true wholesale deal before, mm-hmm. right? But I knew that this is what we wanted to do. And so I wasn't even ready. Yeah. You know, like we were just coming out of the market crash. I, you know, I didn't have nearly as much money in the bank. I remember the year prior, like I did like pretty much nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And as I was feeling bad for myself and the market was changing and it was like, I made like $36,000 the year before. And I had all this fear. And, and at one point the switch just came on and said, I'm committing to this. And I'd never done direct mail before. And I said, I'm gonna send out uh, 7,000 uh, letters mm-hmm. and Brian is going to uh, answer these from a 24 hour quarter message and I'm just going to work with him until he gets a deal. Right. And I wasn't ready. And so the first week went by and he was horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second deal, I had this uh, selling system that I had that I learned from a, a majority of mentors. Most of it was NLP. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, I got to get what I have out of my head and on a paper. This is what my coach did. So then I started formally coaching him. And then the third week, we had a seller and it was hot. You know, it was, it was, it was smoking hot, 800 square feet house on Finch Street in El Cajon. And uh, the house was vacant for like 25 years and the seller's like, meet us down there. Mm-hmm. So we, I go down there with Brian and the, the no electricity, uh, we sit in like 103 degree heat 
uh, with the lights off and we lock up the contract. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and so after that, it was like game on. Right. You know, Brian, and, and by the way, all those voicemails, you know, like not everybody who's listening to this probably has the same personality as this, but I think the, the vast majority of people who listen to this podcast were like revisionaries and were mm-hmm. totally scattered. Yeah. And calling back like a bunch of voicemails gets like, oh, like really, really, really quick. Yes, right? it does. <laughs> so Brian, by the way, here's another tip. I personally, I used to hire a lot of those crazy DIs, entrepreneur, like mm-hmm. crazy in types, and those people are really good for a couple of weeks, but then they burn out. Yeah. Brian was like more the steady and systems based. And so his voicemails used to come back and he used to just like call them really, really steady. Not too high, not too low, not too high, yeah. not too low. And it's one of the best hires that I ever made. So um, long story short, I did that before I was ready. Brian worked with me for four and a half years, made me millions of dollars. Single-handedly yeah. made me millions of dollars. Um, and so my mindset shift for everybody here is uh, there will never be a perfect time to expand, right? Right. If you're a one-man show, uh, and I, I'm assuming the vast majority of people have either never done a deal mm-hmm. or they're, a one, they're doing deals. They're just getting started. And they're just getting started. But my, my, my challenge to you, if you're listening to this, is if you're not getting stuff done, right? And mm-hmm. it's because you're too busy or you have t- too much going on, mm-hmm. right? You can hire somebody. Right. Right. And I remember when I hired Brian and this is crazy because I, I, and I know I'm getting the, like the, the minutia here, but my goal is to inspire. So literally I had this office. I had to get out of my house. I would never, I would have been working in the bedroom in my house. Right. But, um, you know, I think my, I think it was my third kid. My wife had just had our third kid and I got pretty much kicked out of my office and I got this junky, junky, junky office in the worst part of town. And I remember I negotiated a six month lease for 275 bucks, right? <laughs> and there was a homeless guy in the back who threw up every single day. You know, I mean, it was like nasty, yeah. right? Um, but it was my place, yeah. right? And I, li- and, and I got this picnic table from Costco and I put it in there and that was Brian's first desk. Mm-hmm. Brian showed up, I opened it up and there was literally a barbecue stain on Brian's desk, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so it was funny though, because um, all, you need, all, all you need to do this is passion mm-hmm. and the willingness. Cause I had that and Brian saw that and there was a little sink in there. I grabbed it and I washed it off really quick. I was like, bam, I was like, we bust through barriers. <laughs> you know, I was like, I was like, that's what we're going to do. Right. And he fed off that. Yeah. He, and, and he knew that like, I didn't know what I was doing and this was my first hire and I was here, but he believed in me because I believed right. in what we were doing and I didn't hide anything from him. It was right there. So, uh, he also, by the way, worked on hundred percent commission, no base salary, no nothing. And so, my my challenge here is you're like well I need this and I need that no you don't yeah well I think this is a great challenge right for a lot of people that are getting started mm-hmm. and I, I liken this when I'm talking to some other friends is that there's no perfect time to get married mm-hmm. there's no perfect time to have kids there's no perfect time to quit your job and start a business right and an extension that there's no perfect time to hire right, right? you need to hire as soon as things start falling as as soon as things aren't going the way they're supposed to be going yeah it's time to hire right. And uh, one of the great lessons I got from Darren Hardy was that you're not hiring, you're not paying someone 30, 40K or whatever. Right. You're financing talent. Yep. Because once they're not good, you get rid of them. It yep. was a $2,000 expense, whatever. Yeah. $3,000 expense. It's mm-hmm. not a $40,000 commitment, which I think a lot of people have in the back of their mind. I don't have $40,000 to pay this guy. Right. So, yeah, if they're not pr- producing an ROI right off the bat, then. Well, you said something just really awesome, and that was. Like if you actually take a look at your risk, mm-hmm. right? Is that if even if you pay some like two thousand dollars a month, right? By by week uh, six, week seven, you know you're gonna know, right? Right, and so you're you're only out 
that portion, you can have a hard stop, you know, mm -hmm. and, and if you think about like, okay, the risk here is $6,000, but if I do this and this work, if this works out, this is what this will give me, mm -hmm. right? Like, you, you know, that's so right. Yeah. Uh, so we had some questions here. Um, it was Daniel Barbosa wants to know, are you still doing business in Santa Barbara or, or, or California Central Coast? Uh, no, mostly San Diego, uh, San Bernardino and Riverside. Um, we've expanded out there the last five or six years, uh, but yeah. really we're doubling down on San Diego right now too. Yeah. Uh, and then see how many total people are on your team again? Uh, we've got our two acquisition specialists, our marketing director and our VA. That's just on our wholesale business, right? Okay. So, uh, and then Brandon also wants to know if you could pick only one from marketing to use for the next 12 months, which would it be and why? Ooh. Um, the one that's, if, if, you're, if you already have one that's producing, right? Number one okay. thing, do not get shiny object syndrome, right? Focus yeah. on what uh, focus on what you can do. So I tell people our next level coaching program is everyone's like, oh, how much mail do I need to send out for my new acquisition specialist? Another story, mm -hmm. okay, is right now, well, I'll tell the story first. Um, so we had this guy work for us, Sterling. And I said to him, he was like a second or third day, and we had all these leads in here. I go, right now, there is like two to $300,000 sitting in your database, all right? And so the first day he was calling our database and he was getting a lot of dead wood and getting nowhere. And he was like, if you say so. And I was like, this might not work out. But I'm okay. like, I'm telling you, it's there. And I transferred this energy and got him really excited. Mm -hmm. And I was there with him. And literally, and we can get into also deal size here. Mm -hmm. So he's got this, um, seller he's talking to and I'm looking at the the ARV and it's like 670 yeah, six, 680 and I'm like I think we can wholesale this for no I'm sorry seven I'm sorry 787.90 I'm like I think we can wholesale this for 590. Mm -hmm. So he comes to me and I'm like the, the seller has had this uh, house vacant for two years and he talks to her and she doesn't sound that motivated on the phone, mm -hmm. right? Like I would say, like, if you're listening you're like, hey, I give her a four or five. She's like, yeah, I'm thinking about listening with a realtor and you know, I've had it vacant. I, I, you know, I might keep it vacant for a couple of years. I might rent it, I might sell it. No pain. No pain, yeah. right? But sometimes people, the, let's go back to mindset, right? Sometimes people keep calling you. And so you look back in the notes, you saw that she called in two or three times, mm -hmm. right? And like, why is this house still vacant, right? And so you call and they, you get these little voice inflections and I'm like, there's something here. Now, the beauty of this is I would never would have had the patience or time to follow up with it because he called up. He's like, Hey, I have these three leads. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm working on, right? Never would have touched it. Mm -hmm. So he comes in, I'm like, there's something here. I want you to work this. So he goes out there um, and he's like, Hey, you know, I'm going. And he's like, there's going to be a realtor there right behind me. Right. Should I even go? So I said, okay. I said, call her up and say, hey, listen, we're gonna be, if you list this, you're gonna get more money, mm -hmm. right? I just, you know, it, 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 is there a reason for me to come out? She says, yes. So he was still cold on the deal. I said, uh, I said, Sterling, I said, why did she say yes? Right. Why? There's something there. He's like, okay. So I, I go with him down to the property because I'm like, something weird is going on, mm -hmm. right? And she shows up with her son. And like, I see them like chatting in the background and kind of like arguing. And then the realtor, the, the realtor literally is right behind us. And mm -hmm. I'm like, 
I'm like, this is either really, really, really good or really bad because I've seen them like yelling back and forth. Like mom the, and son. The mom and the son. Okay. Yeah. And so we walk out of there and she's like, let me think about it. So we offered her like 415 for the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I said, and this is the other thing I want you to do. I want you to, you know, she was talking about Zillow. So I said, hey, you know, like, why don't you tell her what she she can list it for? And that mm-hmm. way we can really understand. That way you'll you'll anchor her and say, hey, listen, if you list this, right, you're like you could probably get like, you know, somewhere in the 600s, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, he did that. He's like, you're crazy. <laughs> so we walk out of the place um, and long story short, she calls him back the next day and she's like, I'll take it. And so literally on the purchase contract, we wrote down Zillow, value like 620 to 630 like mm-hmm. he literally wrote that on there got the thing wholesale it made like a buck 75 mm-hmm. on it buck 75 from right. a, a lead sitting in the database so going back to your original question uh if you've got a database i think it's really 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 important to focus on that database so you so you're like well todd what does it have to do with your marketing channel well I think a lot of times, if you're talking to anybody, keep talking to them. Number mm-hmm. two, don't get distracted with the shiny objects. So every time that you add another marketing channel, you're adding complexity, yeah. right? So I know like cold calling right now is, you know, really, really, really big. Well, mm-hmm. you're going to have to hire cold callers or outsource it, and there's going to be a lot of unqualified people there. So I'm not saying it's bad. It's just like an entire new set of problems and right. challenges in your business, right? Yeah, more things you have to uh, take care of. More things, right? Um, same thing with text messaging, right? Same thing with, with with PPC. So my recommendation to you is if you're already using one and it's proven, right, stick with that one and make it work. Yeah, uh, never, even double down on it. Even, even double down on it. Um, I still really, 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 really love direct mail. Um, you know, it's very, very simple. You could run it to a 24 hour quarter message without having a lead manager. And eventually, if you send out 10,000 postcards, it's going to cost you 3,900 bucks max. It should be 33 if you're selling small postcards. Calls will come in, but it's really, really important that you not look at your 30 or 60 day return. Now that might be hard if you're totally broke, right? If you got a job, you got to work a job mm-hmm. for a period of time. Yeah. But you got to look at the ROI over a two year period, and that's actually how we make it in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Is if you look at our ROI on direct mail over six months. Okay, yeah. I mean, it is like nasty, yeah. right? But you can imagine how that $175,000 deal that we just talked about replenishes, right, a lot. replenishes a lot. And so that's where really understanding your numbers really works, comes into this, right? Yeah. Now, if you're a one-man show, you're not even, there's no room in your brain to even think about this stuff, yeah. right? So now my, my challenge here is a lot of people think, oh, it's the chicken or the egg. Start thinking about what the real numbers are, not 30, 60, or 90, but what the, the numbers look like after six months and a year and, mm-hmm. s- and and stick with that. So I know that is vague, right? But pick one and stick with it. And if you work it, you'll probably make it work. Yeah. Is there any message on your direct mail piece that, you know, you think gives you an advantage over something? Because direct mail is not unique, right? Mm-hmm. People do direct mail. A lot yep. of people do direct mail, yep. but it's obviously working for you. Is there something in there that you think gives you an advantage over sure. other people? So this is pretty controversial. A lot of people disagree with me, but it's really, really worked for us. And so what we do is we uh, send out large postcards and it says exactly what we do, mm. but it's got the uh, Chris Chico um, call 24 hour recorded message. Mm-hmm. No one will answer on there. So we do that to boost our response that doubles our response rates. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a 1-800 hotline? Uh, well, it's not a 1-800 number, but it's a uh, 619 number for okay. us. And so uh, we'll squeak out a 0.67% response rate with that. If we don't use that, it takes it down to about a quarter percent. Okay. So with this, we get a lot of garbage calls, mm-hmm. right? But with that, you get people who would have never have called. Mm-hmm. And so 40% of our deals come 
from hangups and missed calls, right? That deal that was the buck 75, mm-hmm. I remember that specifically, that came from a missed call, okay. right? And so, so it wasn't, there was no voicemail, you just called her back. Um, well, somebody else called it back, but that had gone through two acquisition specials. I think he was the third, yeah. right? And that lead was like over two years old. Yeah. So, uh, and again, that never would have happened if I didn't have somebody else, you know, doing the, doing that. There's so much dead wood in your database, but there's also diamonds in there, mm-hmm. right? So if, if you're not able to do that, you're throwing away money and, and the numbers won't really, really work. I think the same thing in cold calling. I think yeah. you've had Brent on the show before. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's tough as a solo operator. Oh, it's- nightmare as a solo operator yeah. is just way too many moving parts. If yeah. I didn't have a partner, there's no way right. this, this would work for me. So we're talking about the 200K spreads. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess we'll start with a fun tidbit. What is your biggest spread you've ever done? 237,000. All right, so on that one, where did that come from? Uh, well, pretty much, you know, again, direct mail is like our one and only, you know, okay. I mean, again, I mean, we've, we've run PPC before, mm-hmm. um, but in San Diego for us, it's not really profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, but that came from direct mail. And that one was that one was a laydown. Okay. Yeah. Now I don't I don't want to set any like uh, crazy expectations. I'll send mail. You'll do two thirty seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, that one was a laydown, but uh, one of our acquisitions specialists picked it up. And believe me, like again, I would have never have picked it up, right? So let's talk about mindset for a second. Yeah. Okay. So the one thing that has to happen for you to do um, two hundred thousand dollar wholesale deals is you have to have the mindset of you now to whatever you're doing, you have to double it, mm-hmm. right? In terms of, of, of your assignment fees or double closings, right? So I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, they have this thing like, I want to make five or $10,000, yeah. right? When I first started wholesaling in San Diego, I remember talking to a few people and like, oh, don't wholesale. You can only make five or $10,000 mm-hmm. a deal. That when that was the expectation in 2011 or 12, this wasn't like a respected profession did not yeah. exist. It's very right? different today. Very different today. Yeah. So, um, you, you have to set that expectation because a lot of times, especially in, when we hire acquisition specialists inside of our organization, we always have to train them, mm-hmm. right? On look, you're really, really, really going for big deals. If you're getting in there just to try and lock up the contract and you get in these bidding wars with people and you're gonna scrape out making five to 10, well, it costs us $8,000 to do a deal in San Diego. So if you're making $10,000, well, we're gonna be out of business. Yeah. So you might feel good in that moment, right? But the way that we pay you, right? You're only gonna make, you know, 1200 bucks mm-hmm. on that deal. So would you rather make 1200 bucks or would you rather make 12,000, mm-hmm. right? And so we're always challenging them to expand their mindset, use the sales system that we have in our company. And don't mention numbers, don't be scared of losing a deal, right? If you're using the sales system, if you go too low, mm-hmm. you can always recover. Yeah, You can always recover. And so I think a lot of people, when they negotiate scared, I know we're, we're all over the place today, mm-hmm. but when we negotiate scared, ironically, you're more likely to lose the deal and make less, Yeah, right? When you, when you show up reluctant, and you come in to make those kind of spreads, then uh, you're going to win. So, what is your targeted fee? Do you guys have? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm like even scared to tell our acquisition specialist this, right? Because yeah. once you tell them, they start like automatically shooting out offers and going for that, right? Mm-hmm. Versus like, hey, listen, this is a conversation. Don't do the talking. Ask questions. If you if if I he- if you're on the phone and I hear the seller speaking through your speakerphone and you're just nodding and making strange sounds, you're winning, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like that's it, right? right? If I see you in front of a computer and I hear you clicking on your mouse, right? And you're staring at your computer screen, analyzing, you're losing. Yeah, you lost. You lost, right? And yeah. I'm like, you're always thinking about the most you can pay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, when is the time when 
you know, when, when you're in front of your computer screen and you're sitting there for 10 or 15 minutes, why are you sitting in front of it, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, think about that. And they're like, hmm. I'm like, why? You're sitting there trying to rationalize why you can pay more, right? The seller had told you they need X, Y, Z. You stop negotiating and now you come all the way up and now you're gonna pray that you're gonna make $10,000. Yeah. So now when we hire people, comping and valuing a property is like the very, very, very last thing. Right. Or like bring a problem, bring a challenge to a meeting and let's go from there. And so we try to eliminate the whole value conversation of mm -hmm. what can we pay as much as possible. Yes, we do have to train them. Yes, they do have to have an understanding yeah. of this, but we try to make it like the least important factor. But for your organization, do you have like a targeted fee? Yeah, so we're trying to target out 50, 50K 50. and everything, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, we're at, see our target, our target's 18. Okay. Yeah, which is not, I mean, when I first got started, I was targeting three. Right. You know, is this in Phoenix, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. So, so what does it cost you to get a deal? It doesn't cost us that much. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think we're 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 in like three hundred to five hundred. Oh, that's awesome. You yeah. you doing text messaging? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't cost us that much to do yeah. a deal here. Um, okay. So, and by the way, text messaging is bringing that down for us. Yeah. Um, and like, it's not not that I'm saying any of this is bad. By the way, direct mail is not like, you know, is is not the one and only. Right. Um, Okay, so you were talking about your acquisition guys. Compensation, they're all 100% commission. Mm -hmm. What do you pay them? Like you have like a graduated tier, like how do you? Yeah, and so um, now we're able to do this, but you don't need to start out this way, mm -hmm. right? We give everybody a $2,000 a month draw mm -hmm. to start out with the first three months. And so that's gonna be a draw against commission. And then we pay between 12 and 18%. And that's a, a sliding scale every single month. So every month you're at zero. Mm -hmm. And so we have it uh, 12 and 18, um, zero to 40 is the low end, and then all the way up to 160,000. Once they're above 160,000, they can get up to that 18%. Nice, makes sense. Uh, Daniel Prito wants to know, what script are you guys using when you're cold calling? Uh, we're, we don't cold call. Oh, that's right. right. Um, so then what's your message then on your postcard? Um, there's nothing really that original about yeah. it. I mean, you know, uh, you know, we'll buy your, you know, this, the same thing, right? Same I mean, message. The same message. I mean, we, we try to change it up. We try to answer every objection. Like we'll cover all the repairs. Um, you know, we'll we'll make it really easy. You can stay in your house. So our our unique advantage is to call 24 hour record a message and it will answer. Maybe after this podcast, it won't be that you know mm -hmm. unique anymore. So so you were saying that was controversial. So what's everyone else doing? Everyone else of, just takes the takes the live. Call. A lot of people go to live calls. They have the lead managers, or the, even if it goes to voicemail, they don't tell people that it's going to a recorded message. So on your card, on your on your, on your direct mail piece, it says going to a 24 hour line. It says call 24 hour recorded message. No one will answer. No one will answer. Yes. Okay, so it's clear. It's very clear. So they're yeah. calling because of that, right? They're also, when they call and they don't get a live body, they're not disappointed. So why do they want to do that? Uh, well, we say, hey, we, uh, we've, recorded a, uh, a spe we've recorded a special message for you. Gotcha. Right? And so they want to hear it and what we have to offer to find out more information. Perfect, Right. that makes sense. So, um, and again, like we've tested all kinds of postcards. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you named it, we've, we've, we've tried it. So this is what's working for us and has produced the return. Okay, so as far as the direct mail piece, um, who are you targeting on a direct mail piece? Uh, so we, I mean, we target all the usuals. I mean, we target the code violations, uh, the uh, the tax liens, the uh, sixty five and owner owner occupied. Mm -hmm. um, tax defaults aren't performing anymore for us in San Diego. Other places they'll work really well, right? Why um, do you think that is? I think people just pull data. Well, one of two things. Here's here's my theory: is that 
uh, either one, it's getting hit really, 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 really hard. So like mm -hmm. NODs, known as defaults in San Diego, like no way, you know, yeah. they're, they're getting killed. I think tax defaults are the same way or the data's pulled mm -hmm. differently. But in San Bernardino and Riverside, tax defaults uh, were great. Yeah. You know, and so it's, and by the way, like before I didn't, before I hired someone for my marketing, it was like I loosely kind of knew these things, right? Versus now, you know, Brett on our team, like I don't even schedule any of the mail. I have nothing to do with it. He's like, hey, these are the lists they're performing. These are the lists or not. This hasn't performed the last three times. Can I ask these, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, well, what, you know, now that you told me that, what do you think? You know, and he's right. like, yes. He's like, well, I'm just checking. Okay, great. You know, like, you know this like three times better than I do. Right. But because he I think- He doesn't want to get fired for it. He doesn't want to get fired for it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then is Brett tracking your KPIs? Yes. So what are the major three, two or three KPIs you're tracking that are critical for your business? Uh, ROI on marketing, we found out is, because uh, you can, uh, it's really easy to feel great about the deals that you're doing and the deal sizes, mm -hmm. right? Um, so you gotta look at your ROI on your marketing. That's one of the number one KPIs that we look at. We mm -hmm. also look at um, leads per deal. Those are the, the main two. And of course, the most important number is the net profit. Right. So those are the, the three. Yeah, uh, you mentioned that when we were messaging before on Facebook. So you said like, I mean, net profit is one of your big things. I felt like there was a rant about that. Yeah, <laughs> so it's funny, cause like in the land of Facebook, um, so I get a lot, I, I, I look at a lot of P&Ls. Mm -hmm. um, well, oh, it, through your program. Through my program, yeah. right, or pr prior. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, a lot of people, they'll say stuff on Facebook Right, and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you dig into the PLs, you ask about the PLs, and it'll give you a totally a different answer. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people have this. I mean, the market's changing, so I'm going to be really real on this podcast right yeah. now. It's getting more challenging. There's a lot of competition in the market. I don't know if you guys have talked about that mm -hmm. on the show. Uh, we haven't talked about it a lot, but it's it's reality. It's reality. Yeah. Right. And so um, you have to get better. Mm -hmm. Right. If if you want to make this work, and if you're just coming in, I want to encourage you. This can can be done, and you can make money but the market is maturing. So when I first got in and I talked about those 42 letters, right, that I got a, uh, an $80,000 deal that I had split two ways, that was awesome, but the market was very forgiving. There was no competition. There was no competition, yeah. right? So now we're at a spot where um, podcasting and YouTube and Facebook Lives and you know everybody is marketing, mm -hmm. right? And so you're gonna have to get better and understand those numbers. And so real, like more mature industries, like one of my friends, he has a, like a, uh, it's a $20 million mortgage company. I mean, this guy, you know, it's so competitive. It's brutal. It's brutal, right? Yeah. Well, and I'm like, well, how do you, you know, how do you outbeat your competition? He's like, I know my numbers. I know my, I know exactly what works. We're all over everything. If something is not working, right? He's like, we turn the dial. We turn the dial. He's like, yeah. and as soon, every time I've gotten in trouble, I've taken my eyes off the numbers, mm -hmm. right? And so if you're new and you're trying to prove this real and you're trying to get that first deal, like I get it, like that's what you should be concentrating on. You shouldn't be focusing on spreadsheets when you're trying to just get your first deal. But in very short order, mm -hmm. you gotta know if you're making money. Um, and so I think a lot of people don't know that. Um, and they set up their businesses based on ego. So they're like, you know, they're like, hey, I've got, you know, four lead managers and, you know, 10 acquisition specialists and my local administrative assistant and my operations manager and all this. And then you ask them how much money they're making and they're not. You know, it's really funny because um, I, I come from the traditional world, right? I, I, I'm still in the traditional world, yeah. but, you know, added wholesaling to it. Right. And I thought it would be different in that there wouldn't be as much ego and that 
you know, people who run businesses based off profitability. Right. Because that's not how it's done in the traditional world. In the traditional world is about how many transactions you do, how yes. big your team is. Yeah. And I, I, I thought in going wholesale, like, oh yeah, you know, it's, you've got more money per deal, your margins are higher, so it should be a more profitable business. Right. And that's not necessarily the case. That's not necessarily the case. Well, the other part about this is people will spend, if you're not paying attention to those numbers, you will spend this money in your business accounts, mm -hmm. right? And so, uh, and this is really true with mobile home parks, um, is that you have to ch you have to change these dials, right? And these little dials, and if you change these little small little dials yeah. in the business, right? You raise rents a hundred bucks, you bill back the water, right? There's three or four vacant spa uh, spaces, right? You fill those spaces, you ask, and it's 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 not one thing, yeah, right? It's all of these Constant little, things little things that come together right and change everything and so you mentioned one of my all-time favorite authors well he's uh, one of my, who wrote one of my all-time favorite books and that was the compound effect yeah right i mean if you did nothing else right forget the show forget all the real estate you just read the compound effect and read it like four times a year mm -hmm. right you'd really 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 understand how these small things in your business right really add up um and so for a while i got you know in my businesses when there was no competition like and i mailed out two hundred thousand postcards. Hmm. A, lot, a lot of people are like, Todd, oh my gosh, you have such big balls. It's like, no, I was sloppy and hmm. I was lazy, right? I didn't want to, I don't want to sit there and say, okay, what are the important zip codes here? And how am I going to handle the calls? And how am I going to do you it? You want to be strategic. You just I don't want to be strategic. It. I just wanted to do it. And I want to say, okay, I'm going to spend, you know, uh, uh, you know, 70 grand for these postcards hmm. and I'm going to pray, you know, 30, uh, $350,000 comes back. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, it's a miracle. I made that money back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so we talked about, uh, so how many deals are you doing right now in, in, in San Diego? 70 a year. 70 a year? 70 a year, yeah. Okay. Um, and then like running, you know, all this direct mail pieces, uh, that's not a cheap business. How no. much are you spending a month on, on advertising? Just like through direct mail yeah. or PPC? All of it. So last year we, and again, we really, 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 really focused on pulling as much money out of the database as possible. I'm gonna answer your question here mm -hmm. in a second. Um, and so it's important again, to look at that two year look back. Yeah. So in 2017, we're like, we're not really sure direct mail is gonna even be working mm -hmm. at all. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, and so that was like, we're like really, really looking at the numbers. And so Brett, he's like my counterbalance. You know, he's like, listen, you need to do a two-year look back, you know, on, on what we're doing, mm -hmm. right? And so we agreed that we were going to send out five leads per day per rep. That was our, that no matter what, every single week, five leads per day per rep. That's all they were going to get, and they were mm -hmm. going to have to pull it out. So last year, we only spent $170,000 on marketing. Oh. Yeah. I mean, for the grand scheme of things, that doesn't seem that much. Doesn't seem that much. Yeah. I mean, it'd be crazy. I mean, I couldn't do that today, but the the deal size and the volume you guys are, are doing. Are you saying, you were saying that's smaller or a lot? That's a lot. So for us, that was a lot less than what we were spending. I know. Yeah, it's, a it was, lot less. It's an improvement for you. But yeah, for us, like, for us, man, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't go No, so we would have gone totally broke, right? So, I mean, we were like making a ton of money, more money, more money, more money. And then all of a sudden it just started, you know, 2016, it was like cratering, mm -hmm. you know? We're like, what are we gonna do, right? But that goes back to, to getting better. So. Um, it is a lot of money, but when the business is up and running, right, and now you're paying attention to the number that just gives you more confidence. Right. You know, it gives you more confidence. And so ironically, 
it, it was exciting when you could just spend and spend and spend and spend and get that money back, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the market was very, very, very forgiving, right? So for now, we're like, hey, how can we spend less? How can we spend less and getting more? And so we're spending a lot of time on sales. You yeah. know? We're looking at text messaging right now and experimenting with it on a small scale. Um, and you know, one of the things that can happen with that is you have too many leads and the guy stop closing because their their mind is totally flooded. And that's a challenge that we're facing right now. Okay. Because we have two people handling all the text oh, messages man. and yeah. they can't get through yeah. all of it. Yeah. Um, so in in your program, you're you're talking to I mean, how many students are in your program right now? Oh, between forty and fifty. Okay. So when people are coming in, what are you typically seeing as far as profitability goes when they're coming in? Oh, all over the gamut. All yeah. over the gamut. You know, it's funny. Uh so uh, you know, we have one person who came in who was profiting about a half million dollars a year and, you know, just took down a, an apartment building that's going to be in $2 million in equity, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, there, there's one and their profit margins like 70%, something, you know, something right. crazy, right? Um, and they're doing all the acquisitions themselves, right? So now they're, they're bringing somebody on that's there, right? Mm -hmm. And then I have somebody who had a, uh, who's, who's hired and fired, hired and fired and had like all, you know, like six cold callers and they were in like seven markets. And I'm like, well, how much money did you make? And they're like, I don't think I made any. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a, you know, we, we had a requirement like, hey, you had to be, uh, you had to be grossing a certain amount, right? And then like quickly in short order, we're like, well, this is, does, this is not relevant in like any way, shape or form. Yeah. So, you know, now we've had to do at least 10 deals to get into the program. Mm -hmm. um, and then we adjust your profitability from that point, but it's, it's, it's all over the gamut, you know, and again, like we, now we have people on the tail end, right? You know, we have one person who's netting like 1.4, uh, $1.4 million mm -hmm. in some small market, won't, won't let us use his name or give a testimony or anything <laughs> super, super, super private. Yeah. Um, doesn't even have a Facebook account. Yeah. So, um, you know, and then we have, you know, students in the Carolinas now netting three or $400,000 uh, with a full, fully functioning team. Uh, but as far as like percentages, like what, what is a good targeted, you know, for you, like you said. Yeah. So for like, for me, my size team right now, right. I mean, only two acquisition specialists, it's going to, you know, the, we're very limited what we can mail right now in certain mm -hmm. lists in San Diego. So for me, we're targeting 42%, yeah. you know, for our own business. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I tell people, look, if they have like a three man team or a four man team, they should be targeting definitely above 40%, right. You know, anything above, if, if, if you've got three or four people and you are in that 10 or 10, 20 range, there's a problem, mm -hmm. right? There's this no man's land and the no man's land, and I learned this from scaling up, is between one and 2 million, right? So if you're if you're at like one and $2 million, you can run at that 40% profit margin fairly mm -hmm. easy with a very small, my size team, yeah. right? You take out the disposition manager, like I spoke about, you mm -hmm. go, you work on your deal size, you have an agent list your properties. And so all of these things, these little levers that we've used to tweak that. Once you start filling offices with cold callers and you have the disposition manager, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but you've got to be committed to go to 10 million. I mean, they talk about this, right? Yeah. There's this valley of death. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you might be able to run that thing at 25% profit margin, right? Mm -hmm. But, and you're going to net $2.5 million and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Right. But you just got to be really committed. If you think you're going to run at $4 million, you know, $5 million and run at 40% profit margin, it's going to be really challenging. Um, are you finding in the people that come into the program, the bigger they get, the smaller the profit? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the bigger they get right now, mm -hmm. um, that, that happens. However, like one of the things that we focus on that's really helping that is focus on the acquisition specialist. Mm -hmm. When you hire the acquisition specialist, not a lot of overhead, make sure they're squeezing out leads, right? And you don't need 
again, all these pieces. So I'm like, hey, I need this. And I'm like, do not be impressed by the size of the, the, the people in your office, right? You right. want profitability, so really, really focus on that. Now, at some point, disposition will get crazy if you're doing like, you know, 20 deals a month. So let's go back to deal size for a second, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of people are like, they're like, I've done a thousand deals, right? And by the way, that's 70, like, you know, that's projected for this year, right? Yeah. I mean, I've done, you know, the last few years, I've done 200 in a year, right? In 2017, uh, no, 2000, last year, we only did like 40 deals. Mm -hmm. Uh, but our deal size was huge, huge. This year we're trending at 70, yeah. right? So, you know, the, the number was, was, was going down, what we said focused on the deal size. Um, and that's the number one thing that matters. And so people are like, hey, you know, I'm, um, uh, you know, I'm doing 100 deals a year or 200 deals. Well, at what, at, at what's your deal size, mm -hmm. right? And then what's your profitability? And then like, are you JVing mm -hmm. these things, right? So someone doing 100K, you know, 100 deals a year could be making $150,000 a year and their life is a nightmare. Yeah. So hopefully that didn't take us too far off topic. No, not at all. I mean, I think that was something that was really important to, to uh, discuss because there's, there's for a lot of the people that are newer into the business, they kind of see this like, and it's like inspiring. It's like, it's, it, you know, it looks amazing, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I, I, I'm fortunate to be jaded yes. <laughs> for the traditional world mm -hmm. where I see something that's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. What, what, what I'm seeing there, it, it does just doesn't matter. matter. No. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like, so uh, you know, for me, I mean, I've got the small team. Mm -hmm. My brother, Tom, he has our little brother, yeah. right? So our shared little brother, it's a one person operation. One person, he takes all the calls, he does all the disposition, he does everything, and that thing's highly profitable. So he, that little company with yeah. one employee um, is probably more profitable than like 90, 99% of wholesaling businesses yeah. out there. Well, and that's something that I always ask people, right? Like, I want to get, like, I want to get better. I want to do this. I want to do that. And the question is always, why? Right. Why? 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 Why, why do you want to do that? Because right. it doesn't mean you're going to make more money. Right. You might do more sales. Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you can make more money. So, you, I mean, if you want to get bigger, you're just going to have to commit. It's a whole new skill set, right? You're going to yeah. have to become a leader. You're going to have to be. You're going to have to be able to handle stress. You're going to have to be able to see your profitability go down in the short term. Mm -hmm. You can get it back up, but yeah. it's a commitment. You know, it's like when, it, when at, 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 at every level, there's another devil. You know, and um, that rhymes. That's yeah. good. <laughs> uh, so Douglas Kim wants to know how often are you funneling new chunks of leads into your system, and how long are you marketing to them until you turn off the marketing? Great question. So uh, for me, like that time I told you I mailed out two hundred thousand postcards. Mm -hmm. You know, that was like pure ego and emotion and sloppy and lazy. And so when you do that, the calls come in. So one of the worst things that you can do for anybody is give an acquisition specialist too many leads, because here's what happens. And, and I'd really, really, really like to focus on acquisitions here for a second, because mm -hmm. this is where most people get tripped up. So what happens is that when you have someone working for you, they have these leads come in, and all of a sudden they start getting nervous when there's too many, because they're not able to get, get to them fast enough. Mm -hmm. So we talked a little bit about the text messaging here. So when this comes in, the leads start piling up. If you've got Podio, you see red everywhere. Right, and all of a sudden they start just looking for the low-hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. And anyone who's not ready to jump off a cliff, ready to sell their house right now, 50% on the dollar, is click, and they're off the phone. Right, right, and so basically more leads equals zero deals. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we learned, you know, in addition, before I hired someone to do this, and you could have a VA do this. It just takes four hours of discipline for you to systemize this for mm -hmm. them. Is slow and steady wins. The race it's really hard for us visionaries to do that we always think more is better yeah five leads per day per rep is way way more than anyone 
can handle. And I'm talking hangups, take me off your list. That's on a 24 hour recorded message. Because think about this for a second is uh, you call five out of those five, right? Three say, you know, you, you, won't, you never go to hold the two. One mm-hmm. says, take me off your list. One is completely not motivated, one's retail, and one is like a maybe. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Right? So now you got one person who's a possible. Well, at the end of a week, you've got five possibles that you need to follow up with, mm-hmm. right? Well, the next week, you've got 25 new leads. You got to do all that all over again, plus your five possibles, right? So at the end of a month, you've got 25 people that you need to follow up with on a regular basis, yeah. on top of the five that come in. By month three, you're toast, Yeah. right? If you've got too many leads coming in here. So five per day per rep is, is where I found that sweet spot over the long term. So when you call when you call a lead, it's just a, a, a call into the, into the IVR, into the system, and that's it. That's, that's a lead. For- that's a lead, any call, hang up. That's it. If they say, if they say, don't call me back, we're not going to call them back. Oh, of course not. But yeah. you call, but you say in your system and yep. your metrics, that's a lead. Yep. It's a lead. Okay. Yep. We try to eliminate telemarketing calls, um, over time. <laughs> like they've got that they, they, they got us. So we're having a real challenge with that right now. Yeah. Um, th- yeah, that's a one, one thing we're working on. Yeah. Um, so, uh, real quick guys, uh, we're wrapping up here. Uh, tomorrow we got Quentin Flores and Gary Tigranian. Uh, so we're going to do two episodes tomorrow. That's going to be the first time. So hopefully I can survive that. Um, what last message do you want to leave the listeners with? Um, well, he- here's a, my, my two messages. Number one is uh, if you're brand new, number one, start out totally. Don't listen to anyone else and go for big deals. That's my, my number one thing, yeah. right? If you get one deal for $7,000 and you know, I don't know where you live, but if you spend $3,000 to get it, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Right. So go for the really, really big deals. Open up your mind. Don't get scared. Don't negotiate scared. M- make it happen. Right. A lot of this is going to happen on the follow up. If you've been talking to a seller for, for six months and no one else, you've got the advantage. Go for it and make it happen. Second thing is hire before you're ready. Right. If, if all of a sudden the leads are falling behind everybody in our next level wholesaling program, by the way, we always say you guys are the worst acquisition specialist I've ever seen, right? <laughs> like we should all, you should be fired, right? And so this once is, they uh, do- boot camp. Boot camp. But I'm like, once you, fi- once you realize that you're really bad at your job, mm-hmm. right? You know, as, as locking up these deals, right? Then fire yourself, yeah. hire someone and it'll be the best decision that you've ever made. If it's okay, I've got an assessment. Is it, give, can I give somebody a web, website yeah, yeah, for assessment? Sure. So if everyone goes to nextlevelwholesaling.com, mm-hmm. nextlevelwholesaling.com, there's an assessment that you can actually take and I wrote this for myself to rate myself in the four core areas of my business every 90 days. And it goes to all the way where you're like running around like a chicken with your head cut off, right? To all the way down where it's fully, fully operational, stress-free without you, right? That's like the ideal, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, you're never gonna be at that right. you know, high end. But uh, the four core areas are marketing, acquisition, disposition, and your cash flow. So if you go to nextlevelwholesaling.com, you could download it and take it. It takes like two minutes and it's, it's completely eye-opening. Every time I, you know, uh, Brett, my marketing manager, he's just like, hey, you know, like we need to take this again. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, download it and um, it's going to give you that next step that you're going to need to take. Awesome. And if someone wants to get a hold of you, is there a way for them to do that? Yeah. So they can uh, check out our YouTube channel. It's Lion Pride Real Estate Investing. Or if they Google Todd Toback YouTube, they'll probably find it. Uh, you could reach out to me on Facebook or um, nextlevelwholesaling.com. They get on my email list if you take down the assessment. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, thank you. There was incredibly helpful. I think helped a lot of people for, for mindset and even answer some of my questions. So awesome. It was really awesome. Thank you guys for watching and thank you. Thanks, Steve.